Metallica, here they come, the kings of metal. Hey, this is Chad Z, roadie for Metallica, and you're listening to Metal Up Your Podcast. Welcome to the Melpure Podcast. I'm Ethan Luck. And I'm Clint Wells. This is episode 254, and we are about to enter the email portal. portal. <clears throat> it's been us. a minute, a little rusty on the email portal. A little portal. rusty. We've been in a van all day, everybody. So uh, we're doing what we did last week, and we are hopping out of the van into the hotel room and recording something for all you lovely people. Yeah, we've had a, we've had a fucking awesome tour. We're here. We're running into week three of our three-week run for right. this month. And yeah, we played a wonderful show last night in Charlottesville, Virginia. Great, great it spot. Was, an amazing show for us, the Jefferson Theater, of course, a nice historic theater. Hey, what's next door to that theater? <sighs> I, I know. I can hear the collective sigh of our listeners. And believe me, I get it. However, I can't change who God made me. Exactly. And here's what's right next to the Jefferson Theater, a little bar called Miller's. Now, what's special about Miller's, you might ask? Uh, what is special about Miller's, Clint? Well, not long ago... A man by the name of David J. Matthews oh. was a bartender at Miller's. Okay. It's a humble little joint. It's not a super happening place. It's a small little, di- it's kind of a dive bar. Okay. Um, but they also have music. And in that bar, as Dave was topping off people's drinky drinks, uh, esteemed local musicians like Leroy Moore, may he rest in peace, uh, Stefan Lassard, Carter Beauford mm-hmm. would do jazz sets in there. Okay. And Dave's sitting behind the bar, and little does anyone in the world know, he's sitting at home writing little songies that would go on to become the make up largely their first two albums. Amazing. Which are generally considered their their classics. Right. And he would just the story goes that he would just be bartending, listening to these cats play, but a little older than him, massively, you know, esteemed and regarded musicians in Charlottesville, and he would dream of one day working up the courage yeah. to ask them to play with him I mean, one one would say he was under the bar and dreaming <laughs> maybe so he was waiting for them to crash into him perhaps uh, I, th- I mean and then i think he probably approached them and he said what would you say so he did that finally and as the story goes he was scared to death you know how it is when you show someone your songs especially if it's someone that you look up to because what if they go uh these songs suck dude yeah, go back to bartending well they didn't say that because the songs in fact do not suck they're actually really awesome songs and uh, anyway, the Dave Matthews Band was born, so that was uh, a fun little pilgrimage of sorts for me. Yeah, that was cool. I was really happy for you. Yeah, I was able to walk over there and take a picture, but enough of that. Um, since we last talked to all of our beautiful Metal Beer Podcast family out there, where were we when we did that? We were in a city. Um, <laughs> I'm just trying to think of what all we've done since then. Well, let me pull up the old tour schedule here real quick. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm honestly kind of blanking on where we were. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Because well, we've since played like New York and Boston and our wives got to come out for a couple of days. Right, right, right. Well, we did. I remember last time we did a pretty long, like eight hour drive. Yes. And then, uh, ended up, uh, were we in Pennsylvania maybe? Okay. Something like that. Cause we recorded it on a Sunday night. Yes. It came out that night. So yeah, we, we would have been getting into 
Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. So what are the shows we've played since then? So since then, then we've done Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, uh, Boston, Massachusetts. Um, we unfortunately had a canceled show because Morgan got sick. Mm-hmm. Non-COVID related. She had COVID strep related. throat. That's right. And then we played a wonderful show at Webster Hall in New York City. Our lovely wives were there. Awesome. Great time. Uh, then we played Asbury Lanes in Asbury Park two nights ago, which is also my birthday. That was your birthday. Happy birthday, by Thank the way. You. Birthday Thank boy. You. Look at the oh, birthday look boy. At me. Uh, and then last night, we already mentioned Charlottesville, Virginia. Now, we got to say hi to Dave Ferraro in Boston, mm-hmm. which was great. And Christian Post also was there. Yeah. Um, we got to see Namarda and Hari. Hari. Got to meet Hari. And also, Tim Brown was at the show, but I didn't get to meet Tim. I met Tim before the show. He messaged me afterwards, had a split pretty quick. Okay. But I uh, graciously thanked him yet again for his, his wonderful zombie designs. Yes. And uh, he's real excited about them. Did you he know? get a tour poster? Uh, they're all gone. But they're, we're supposed to get more. So I told, I told him I would save them. Were well, they sold out? Well, there was only like, uh, they made like some glossy ones that were like, maybe there's 25 of them. That was it. Oh, gotcha. So I guess there's supposed to be more for the second leg of the tour, but we'll get you hooked up, Tim. Don't you worry. Well, we're having a good time out here on the road, as I'm sure you all can imagine. Um, it's a lot of hard work, and there's not a lot of time. So yeah. um, we really have been trying to do our best to do a proper Middle Up Your Podcast episode. Mm-hmm. But listen, babies, it's not in the cards. It's just not. And uh, our days are filled with travel and with making music. And um, But we, what we are going to do is dip into the email corner slash portal. Right. Because it's good to hear from everybody, and there's a lot of good Metallica stuff going on. And uh, we've got a bunch of new patrons. We do. Which is super cool. And um, we actually just found out when we got here that our friend Matthew Mayfield is actually playing in Pittsburgh. Right. And so we're going to go see him play a little later. Yeah, we're going to knock this out, edit it, get it posted, and we'll get it on the socials. And then uh, then we're going to go see our friend, play some music, and uh, have a good night. Now, I'm not really sure what's happening in the news. I haven't really been keeping up. Um, So we'll skip that part. (laughs) It seems it would be a little bit quiet since Aftershock. Yeah, I think so. And we still, I, I think we're doing a Metal Tales with Sarah for Aftershock. So yeah, we Sarah's still got to cook one of those up. She's well. going to cover both nights for us. I was sad that she couldn't make it to Webster. I guess they're they're out traveling the country and uh, got stuck in some storms. It's, I think snow already. Some snow, perhaps? Yeah, perhaps, yes. Perhaps an earthquake. Uh, maybe a typhoon. Perhaps a volcano erupted in the me. lava. And perhaps the magma <laughs> flowed. Into America, and perhaps the roads were obstructed. Uh, perhaps as they traveled through Utah, it was perhaps a sharknado. Perhaps a sh- perhaps a tornado made of sharks uh, was deployed in the Great Plains of Utah, in which they were swept away. Yes, yes. The yes. dorsal fins cutting through the Midwestern air. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the dorsal fins of time. And through the dorsal fins, much air was reduced to kindly. <laughs> you can tell we've been in a van for like eight and a half hours. Right? I don't know, dude. I think I do shit like that regardless. I, I, mean, I could do, probably do that forever. But it's happened pretty quickly. I think we just, we, we got a little nutty today in the van. So. If, you give me a, if you give me enough runway, I'll just do that forever. Well, listen. I, I have like a seemingly this is captain speaking. Uh, Clint Wells is in the in the on the plane. I have a seemingly uh, you know unending reservoir of that guy. I, I don't know why. Though. It's like that guy and the country guy. I know where the country guy comes from because I grew up with all those knuckleheads in sure. Montgomery, Alabama. But 
the the medieval guy. I don't know. I like the medieval guy. Well, listen, the medieval guy's been coming out on the road po- uh, outside of the podcast, on stage. Oh, dude, the, well, the medieval guy was born outside of this podcast. The medieval guy has often sound checked your microphone in venues. Yeah, he was born out on the road. Yeah, I love it. But I feel like a like a like a, uh, a specter or something. He haunts me. Yeah, he's. I, mean, I think he's. He's always like on my shoulder. He's, he's always like when we're stopping for food. He's like. Do you want to to feel good tomorrow by having salad, or perhaps you'll have once again burritos <laughs> in which your stomach will be tied in knots of time? Your stomach uh, shalt not uh, adhere to the the wondrous health benefits of a burrito. For one must eat roughage to become regular, yeah, quite, uh, perhaps, but one must also feed the soul. I think right now there's someone for sure in a room next to us calling the front desk going, hey, um, I don't to explain this, but I think there's two medieval knights talking to each other in the room loudly next to me. They're like, hey, um, I don't really know what's going on, but it's really awesome, and I would like to pay extra for the room that you gave me. Yeah, can I upgrade and get a portal to that room? And, uh, you know, I'm going to admit this to you and our listeners because I think it's interesting and funny. Let's hear it. When I was a kid, my favorite book was called The Phantom Tollbooth. Are you familiar with The I'm Phantom, Phantom Tollbooth? Tall yeah. Okay. Well, in the TV movie version of the book, he there's a portal that he goes through and when he goes through the portal he becomes a cartoon and right. off he goes and eating the alphabet soup and the and the, a wonderful adventure he goes on i believing that that magic was real because i was a kid sure i went and bought a huge poster board <clears throat> at the neighborhood grocery store which was del champs del champs okay and i drew a portal on it and i laid it on the floor and i got on the top of my bunk bed and i tried to jump into it how did your mom feel about that? <laughs> well, when she heard like the sound of crashing bones against floor, right? She came rushing in, and uh, uh, luckily, dude, when you're a kid, you're almost unbreakable. Most of the time, you're made of rubber. Now, I, I broke some bones as a kid, but not a few broken bones. But uh, dude, a game we used to play when I was a kid was who can jump from the highest branch of the tree yeah. onto the ground. Me and my cousins used to play a game called crisscross crash, where we would all stand at different corners of the room and just and run into each other. Just run, yeah, run I did into that. Each other. I did. Could you imagine now if I accidentally bumped into you now, I would break like 20 bones. <laughs> if, if you just, if you just grazed my shoulder, I'd be like, ow, Jesus. I mean, Jesus. I got to well, play tomorrow night, Clint. Jeez. So anyway, yeah, the portal to the room, that would be cool if portals existed. Yeah, it would be pretty cool. Wouldn't life be so much more fun if magic was real? I mean, I think people do abuse it, of course, but, you know. <laughs> Dude, there would have to be a very serious code of ethics surrounding the yeah. the, u- the usage of the magic. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But I would love to portal back to my own bedroom every night. Shit, I'd love a portal to fucking David J. Matthews' house every day. He'd probably love it. He would probably put a portal restraining order on me, I'm, I'm yeah, guessing. He would have a firewall in front of his portal, for sure. Yeah. Like an actual wall of fire, not like computer talk. Yeah, no, it'd be like, you know, yeah, a hellish hell spawn, you know. And then you'd mistakenly think you, you, you portaled to hell. Right. Which there is a portal there waiting for me because of my Lunar Satan project. Right. Exactly. You think I'm going to have a, a fucking badass project like Lunar Satan? Like, I have this other, this is Tangent City for a second. Okay. I have a, a I used to have a recurring dream when I was a kid. I think I've told you this story. Probably. And uh, I was obsessed with Freddy Krueger. Still am in yeah. some ways. Oh, yeah. And But I would have, like, honestly, really pretty fucking scary Freddy Krueger dreams. Okay. In one of these dreams, I was in my childhood living room, and my bunk bed was in the living room. You know how dreams are. They make mm-hmm. no sense. It's a dream. 
And of just like in the movie, uh, um, what's the movie with Fred Savage? Little Monsters. Little Monsters, yeah. The, the, the underworld was under his bed. In this dream, Freddy is pulling me into that underworld, mm. laugh, give, giving me the straight-up like Freddy Krueger maniacal laughter, which you is pretty the, scary. The, the, the clinking of exactly. his, his claw and everything. And as he's pulling me into hell, I'm yelling to him, Freddy, don't. I'm your number one fan. So okay, that's a story about me. Now, what I'm saying is, if the Satan's real, and he heard Lunar Satan, all I'm saying is, if he wants to like torture me in hell or something, I'm like, dude, I'm your number one fan. I have a project called Lunar Satan. Like I could be the soundtrack to your underworld. <laughs> dude, put me in the house band. Right, exactly. Give me a break, dude. Sure, there's a stage down here, right? Let's say thank you to some new patrons because let's. Goodness gracious, we keep getting patrons. It is so humbling and awesome. It's amazing. We're so grateful. I'm going to name the first half, and then why don't you take it up after that? I'll take it, Ethan. Um, you get a lot of things over there at the Patreon, by the way. Oh, a you lot get of a whole, I mean, we still have yet to give away the uh, deluxe Black Album box set. Yeah. Uh, we gave a, we're gave we giving away tickets to stuff. and well, there's, there's, there's stuff coming up we haven't even announced yet that we're giving away, so... <laughs> We're like the most generous podcast host in the world. I mean... <sighs> I'm going to actually go ahead and... You know what? Congratulations. I'm awarding to you. Thank you. I'm awarding us the uh, certificate and the gold medal. Actually, why not? Uh, for most generous podcast of all time, of all time, not which by the way, twenty one. That includes the future. Oh yeah, I know. <laughs> you think Joe Rogan's going to start doing that tomorrow? No, I don't know what he's going to start doing tomorrow. Who knows about that? That knucklehead. Um, so you get a whole bunch of stuff over there, and really, what you, the, really here's what the benefit is. It, I'm going to put this in the uh, the column of spiritual benefit. Okay is you get to feel good about supporting the people who make the show that you love. Right. Now, some of you are not in a place where you can do it, and we totally get it. And uh, it's just if you're willing and you're able. It's five bucks a month. That's generally that much people will mm-hmm. hop on the ride. It's like buying us a cup of coffee. Oh, honey, please. It's, it's uh, you know, decaf for me, of course. So we want to say that, you know, the least we can do is say thank you on the show. So we want to say thank, say thank you to Mike Z, Joanna Grabarek, Andy John, who is back on the train, and he says, I'm back, baby. Oh, yeah. Johnny Baker. Johnny Baker, uh, real quick, that's an fr- old friend of mine. He's, di- he's, di- he's dipping into the podcast. We've mm-hmm. been messaging uh, old, old friends from back home in, in, in California. And uh, yeah, he, he hopped on the Patreon train. So thank you, Johnny. Former lover? Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. yeah. But we're cool. We're you cool. Had, you had a twinkle in your eye. We're yeah. on good terms. It's fine. Well, it's important. Yeah, exactly. Um, all uh, right. Last few, uh, last few we got here is Ian Hatfield, Evan LeBon, and Eric Niswanger. Well, thank you so much, guys. We really appreciate the support. I hope you enjoy all the goodies over there. And uh, welcome to the Patreon family. Welcome. Uh, we're on all the socials. Go follow us. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Spotify, YouTube, Amazon mm-hmm. Music even. Newbern, little, yellow, different. <laughs> little, yellow, different. Newbern. <sighs> oh, what are we going to do, everybody? I know what I'm going to do. Dip into the portal? Let's take it to the email portal. Quite. Yes. Well, why don't you start us off? We got a new patron email. New patron, Johanna Grab, uh, Grabarek. Grabarek. Hi, guys. Just want to send greetings from Manchester, UK. Your podcast is awesome. You keep me alive on my morning drives to work and help chillax Ooh. on the way back after all the stresses of working in drug discovery in cancer research, UK. Wow. wow. Amazing. Um, love listening to your banter. Thanks for doing this. Well, jo- Joanna, you're welcome. You're first welcome, of all. first of all. And I want to say thank you for working in drug discovery and cancer research because I don't know what it is. But well, it, it sounds important. It sounds like it's uh, noble work. And we appreciate noble work, of course. For the work you do. Nobly. <laughs> 
isn't merely recreational, no, for you do a noble deed for dr- discovery of drug in Cancer Research UK. The United uh, Kingdom. Most importantly, that you do. The kingdom that is united, yes. For the kingdom was united eons ago. All right, thank you, Joanna, <laughs> thank and you. welcome to the ride. Ian Hatfield, another new patron, says, Hey, Clinton, Ethan. I'm glad to say that after finishing my master's and getting a steady job, a.k.a. money, he says, I'm finally a patron. Well, thank you. Ian. All right. He says, although, to be honest, the number one thing that motivated me to finally spend my monthly cup of coffee on the podcast instead was the community you guys have built. After listening to the most recent episode and the Metal Tales episodes about Louder Than Life, I can't help but agree with the sentiment from both Anthony Broom, who he says, as an aside, he's a sweetie pie and drove me to my hotel after the Uber. And Stan Pearl, another huge sweetie pie. It was simply amazing. Not only because of the dope set lists or finally getting to see the Mighty Metallica live again, but really because of the friends that I made during the festival and the Burrito Gate party. Oh, yeah. And once again, you know, I, I use this image often, Ethan, but it's quite accurate. We're like little nude, nubile cherubs. Mm-hmm. laying on a cloud in heaven oh yeah just shooting the fucking arrows of friendship into the robust heinies of yeah. all of our listeners uh, and, and you're welcome and perhaps one day we'll shoot the arrows of love that we have yet to have a relationship romantically form on our podcast is that true as far as i know no one's no one's gotten together romantically i feel like that can't be true and yet uh, it, aside it, from you and i that <laughs> happened sure. on episode one <laughs> Ian goes on to say, getting to watch the Sunday shows with seven to eight other huge Metallica fans was something that I didn't even have as a possibility in my head as I was making my plans to go to the festival, but holy crap, it was awesome. And all of that was possible thanks to you and all the people that made the Burrito Gate party possible. So again, thank you. Thank you. And a huge shout out to all the other Metal Group Podcast family peeps that were there. He mentions Namara, Dave Ferrara, Angelo, and everyone else I might be forgetting to mention. Looking forward to listening to many more episodes and hopefully getting to see both of y'all at some point again. He says, we met very briefly during the Birmingham show in 2019, since we missed you in Louisville. I do have to say, I'm very happy y'all are touring again. Anyways, I'm rambling now. Rock on. Ian Hatfield, Austin, Texas, New Jersey. New Jersey. Honey, please. Also, a little quick throwback to my birthday two days ago. Mm -hmm. It was spent in actual New Jersey. We spent it there, yeah. I I mean, best birthday ever? I mean, we had a nice time. Me and Isabel, were, we were rocking it solo. Yes, you because were. Because we stayed in the city a little longer. Right. And then we took the old train out to Jersey. Last train to Jersey. And uh, we got in there a little early, and we went to a lovely little bakery that I would like to shout out now called Confections of a Rock and Roll Bakery. Oh, wow. Confections? Like, or What's Confections, a- like a convection oven? I guess I guess confections would be a nod to the culinary aspect okay, of what they okay. do instead of confessions of a rock and roll thing. Yes, yes. And uh, we got you a lovely cake. It was lovely. We took a lovely stroll from the bakery to the venue, and uh, we were able to throw some candles in that bad boy. And I was real happy when the lady at the bakery because we didn't know if we were going to be able to have anything inscribed on the cake. Yes, <laughs> and <laughs> this she goes, is good. she goes, what do you want written on it? And I was like, you guys do that. We can do that. And she said, hell yeah, we can do that, motherfucker. Of course. And I was like, whoa, language. Jeez. She was lady. like, sorry, I have Tourette's. Um, sorry, it's Jersey. And uh, and I had them put on it. Happy birthday, Ethan Wells. <laughs> Which, <laughs> if you remember from last week's episode, at a certain point when we played the Ryman Morgan mistakenly called me Ethan Wells. So it's been and cleared some, up. And some have argued that 
perhaps you still have not played the Ryman. You all I'm can just go saying, shut your fucking mouths right I'm, now. I'm just saying. I'm not saying they're right. I'm just saying an argument has been made. Well, I don't. I'm not arguing with that. Uh, I, I'm walking away from that argument because I played the Ryman. Okay. Uh, well, Ian, thank you so much for the email. Thanks, we Ian. appreciate you. Mike Z, new patron, by the way, writes in. Hello, guys, or Hogan voice. Hello, brothers. Mm. My name is Mike from Milwaukee, which is pronounced Milwaukee. I tried to do the joke before he even he was going to do it. Let me try that again. My name is Mike from Milwaukee. Paul's texting me, sorry. Paul, which is pronounced Milwaukee, which is Algonquin for the good, good land. land. Sorry, got a quote, Alice, there. Of course you do. Uh, just joined the Patreon on the Ride the Lightning level because that's my favorite album. Nice. And anyways, love the podcast. Been listening for about two months. Kind of late that the podcast came. My wife got me into it with her murder podcast that we listen, we'll listen to while walking the dogs. Uh, so I went searching for metal-related podcasts and found Metal Gear Podcast. Well, right. That's great news. Um, I've been a Met Club member from, from 2002 through now, which they call the fifth member. As I keep up on your new episodes, I've also been back tr- uh, tracking and listening to the older ones. Got to say, I love the Mustaine impressions. You're welcome. Hello. Uh, hi. <laughs> well, welcome to Pittsburgh. Welcome to Pittsburgh. Um, these are clammy and sweaty. <laughs> I'm always up for a laugh when your podcast keeps me going. Uh, keep up the good work. Looking forward every day for a new show, and hopefully in, in some form or fashion, I can see you guys come through the Midwest. Keeps it metals, fams. Dude, if I could have like looked into a crystal ball and uh, take all the COVID shit out, every, all the strangeness of the last really five to six years, um, here's one thing I would not have predicted and what I would have been surprised to see. Okay. Everyone's fucking obsession with murder podcasts. Murder podcasts are what very popular. Well, I think Serial is what did it, that what podcast. What the heck? Because here's the deal. Here's what I know didn't just start happening five years ago. Murders. Right. Murders. <laughs> Sweating that. I mean, I grew up on a little show called, uh, well, there, I we used to watch them back to back. One was called Unsolved Mysteries. Oh, yeah. Now, that was more of a paranormal slant. Mm-hmm. Um, but another one was called America's Most Wanted. Oh, yeah. I, I also, used to love that show. I also dipped my toes a little bit into a little bit of uh, Rescue 911. Dude, Rescue 911, Reno 911. And a little bit of Cops. So, crime... And crime documentation has been happening. Oh, yeah. But it's like we've just had this collective obsession with crime Wait, people podcasts. are being murdered? But I must know all the details. I feel like when you, when you talk about the last five or six years, I don't know exactly when that serial podcast came out, but I remember people losing their damn minds when that came out because it was apparently Dude, really I'll, good. I didn't listen to it. But. I didn't listen to it either, but believe me, I fucking heard about it because apparently it takes place in Alabama. Oh, my. Okay. And everyone thinks that just because I, you know, my parents had sex there 38 years ago that <laughs> I'm just Jones into. Well, we know what happened one time, at least. <laughs> uh, anyway, well, thank you for the email, Mike Z. And you, Mike glad Z. you're on the ride. And I do think that the way he's doing it is the way to do it. And, w- and by that, I mean, he's catching up on the new ones. That's so right. He's, so he's current. Current. But he's when he's got the free time, he's dipping into the old shit. You got to go back and forth, man. And listen, Mike Z, we'll be through Milwaukee at some point. Milwaukee's a great town. Absolutely. Shank Hall. I would love to, uh, Shank Hall played there. Summerfest. Summerfest. I would love to go to a Brewers game up there. I've been to one oh, before. Absolutely. It's a great stadium. Oh, you know what we should talk about? It's a fucking been, baseball town, man. We got a tour of Fenway. We did get a tour How of Fenway. How fucking sick was that? It was real cool. I was a little... Okay, a little tangent real quick. Anyway, okay. sorry. Mike, we, we, when we're in Milwaukee, come to a show, say hey. Yeah. But when we... We got a little bit of a. It was a, it was gifted to us the tickets to the tour. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like a private thing. It was very public. Yeah, we showed up and I was a little like hesitant as a baseball fan. Even 
I was like, okay, it's a lot of tourists. It's like, is this going to be corny and cheesy and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Man, the second we walked into that stadium, one of three OG stadiums left in the country. I'm really surprised to hear you say that because you are, in general, a much more excited person than me and yeah. a much more optimistic person than me. And I knew it was going to be awesome. I, kn- I knew it was going to be awesome. It was just right before I just I had a brief moment where I got in a, in, a, in a very rare kind of stinky mood, but I didn't tell anybody. just to myself. You can tell Hey, next time that happens, you can tell me you know that. I know that. I know that. I was just kind of like hanging back. I think what it was too It would was, actually help me because when other people are in stinky moods, it like turns this thing on to me where like, you know how like in your relationships, mm-hmm. if your partner's like feeling a certain way, sure. you, you would just automatically balance it because you oh, yeah. you can't both be in a shitty mood. It like sure. doesn't work in your relationships. Like if you're both having a tough day and like it's really hard, like me and Isabel are having a tough day and it's really hard on her, I become the guy that's like, hey man, we're going to, let's find the fun in it and like yeah. let's... Um, and then if she's really up, I'm stinky. So yeah. if you let me know when you feel that way, it might actually improve my mood. Got it. Copy that. Noted. I'm, for I'm sure. making your whole thing about me, okay. which is I what I do it. best, baby. Well, you know, I, I was just like a little bit like, is this going to be kind of annoying? And then there was this whole issue with like, you can't bring bags in that was a certain annoying. size. That was annoying. Two of our guys had to go walk like two blocks to some random locker area and, and store theirs. And I had like a little satchel with my camera in it. And the guy was like, oh, that might be okay. He's like, see what they think up there. I'm like, so now I'm thinking in my head, oh, I got to get to the security area and wait till the last second and then have to go put it away. I don't know. I think we were all, I actually think we were all a little grumpy that day. We were all kind of tired too. Yeah. Well, it's, it's fucking tiring out here. It, it but is. But the yeah. tour was awesome. And we had a really good hang that night for dinner. Absolutely. Which ended with a pilgrimage to a bar that I love in Boston called Bukowski. Bukowski, that's right. Which is sort of a Charles Bukowski themed bar. But the tour was cool. I mean, there's like a lot of history at Fenway. Yeah. Uh, we sat in the oldest wooden baseball seats in the country. Yeah. We got to see the red seat. The red seat. We got to see the green giant. I got to say this. Uh, well, first of all, our, our tour guide, awesome. Yeah. Old school Boston guy. Yeah. You can tell he's he's been a diehard since he was born. And I don't know if his dream was to be a tour guide there, but he, <laughs> he had a passion for it. I don't think his dream was to be a tour guide there. His he, dream was probably to play for the Red Sox. So at a certain point, he couldn't he couldn't play for the Red Sox. <laughs> dude, dude, he just had to do the thing that we all do when our dreams get crushed, is you pick up the pieces and figure out what's next. Right. But I, I thoroughly enjoyed his commentary of everything, his information, his enthusiasm. He was a very colorful, very excitable fellow. But all all along that tour, until we saw the Red Seat, I kept thinking he was saying the Red Sea. I thought so also. And I was going, okay, there's a lot of red seats in this, in, in, in most of the lower level. And I, yeah. I thought there was some I would nickname. say, I would wager that half of the seats in the whole stadium are red. Right. So my thought was, maybe there's some nickname for a certain area that's the Red Sea, where it's like the furthest you can hit a home run. Where I, I was kind of correct on that, where the red seat is. Mm-hmm. But yeah, once we saw that, and I haven't apparently, you know, it's a thing in, is it Ted Lasso? There's a scene in that or some movie? I don't, I don't know. watch Whatever Ted Lasso. I, I've heard it's great. I haven't seen it. But once I looked over the railing, I was like, oh, the red seat. There it is. I'll tell you what I'm watching is Squid Games, and that could not be more different than Ted Lasso. I've, I've heard that's great, too. I haven't actually been watching much on this tour. I would have loved if you, during the Q&A portion, had corrected his pronunciation of seat. I was like, when are we going to see the red sea? <laughs> I fe- <laughs> we were promised a red sea, sir. Good day to you, sir. Good day, sir. And good day. And, I, and what I, I feel like that would be the equivalent of in Pee Wee's Big Adventure. He's like, oh, excuse me, when are we going to see the basement? Yeah, the ba- there's, there's no, no basement, basement at the, the Alamo. Alamo. <laughs> oh boy, large there's Marge. No, there's no Red Sea at Fenway. Paging Mr. Herman. 
Mr. Herman. Herman. You have a telephone. <laughs> you have a telephone call at Whoa. the front desk. Jeez, that, you, you, you never really heard that went, voice. You really went into that guy. You've never heard that voice. I do. Let me let me do. Well, hear me here one more time. It's Give, more of like me. the. Um, so <laughs> a, a buddy of mine and I have been doing that since we were probably in high school. Do you remember movie phone? No. You, uh, back in the day, you could look in the paper <clears throat> for what the movie times were. Your local and theater. And you call, and they give you show times. Or you call movie phone, and it's yeah. like typing your zip code, what theater, and it's like yeah, the time for what, Titanic. Yeah, I didn't know that was called movie phone. But movie yeah. phone, and over I the phone, you, I love sounded, that you're. Yeah, I mean, there's. I love that you you said Titanic. I love that that's what popped into your <laughs> fucking noodle, dude. I think we're learning a lot. Okay, so every time it, w- it would tell you the, the the movie rating, and every time I said rated R, it sounded like rated R. <laughs> Jeez, dude, <laughs> that is a really creepy voice. It sounds like a dis- it sounds like so- an, a, an entity possesses you, man. <laughs> Maybe it is. Lay it on me again. <laughs> oh, fine. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> it really sounds like you're putting an effect on your voice. So <laughs> How are you doing it? Like physically, so what's happening ba- biologically when you do that, dude? I'm, I, I'm, I'm getting the church giggles because I'm. It's dawning on me that you've never heard that before. <laughs> Much like my kidnapping story last week. I know, Jesus. What um, else you keep him from me over there, dude? Christ. <laughs> All right. Wait, wait to hear by the time I actually went to hell. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my my old friend Johnny Baker. This is chime. Just tuned oh, yeah. in to Patreon. Oh, he yeah. was there. Um, okay. It's basically uh, me and my friend Josh decided uh, it started with the movie phone thing, and it's kind of like you kind of suck in air, like, uh, uh, but it kind of starts to do that thing, and we just figured out how to go. Hello, nice to be here. I love doing a podcast. I'm gonna have fucking nightmares about that. Rated dude. R. <laughs> <laughs> Complete it. Rated R. <laughs> Whose turn is it? Is it me? It's your turn. Yes. All right. Well, thank you, thank you, Mike Z. Thank you. Thus concludeth the Mike Z email. Dominic uh, B. He says, "Hey guys, I've been listening to your show since the beginning of September, and I'm on episode 75 ish. I love how it's evolved. I wanted to write and let you know the impact your show's had. Unfortunately, Metallica will not be in an area where I can see them in the foreseeable future, but hopefully their new album will be out sooner than later. However, I did get to see Slipknot Friday night at the Xfinity Center in Mansfield, Massachusetts. Hell yeah." I know you guys aren't big into them, but I love them. I've been wanting to see them since 1999, and I saw them for the first time Friday. I got a little lit, if we're going to be honest. Lit like uh, the band lit? Yeah. Rated R. I thought you were going to try to do Rated lit. R. <laughs> God. Um, I got Let's see. Uh, I found myself talking to fans all over the place, asking them when they came online, what's their favorite song, their favorite album. Have you seen them how many times? I felt like I was interviewing them on your show. One other thing that happened was I talked to this father and son sitting in front of us. He says, I talked to them a bunch. This kid was 12 to 14, his first show ever. He says, Clint, you'll love this. He says his first show was Kiss, just like me. Awesome. He says, I also found out my buddy who I was with, his first show was Kiss in 2008. Um, Let's see, there's more of this stuff. He says, I wanted to contact you guys and let you know the impact you've had on me on my concert experience. I found actually talking to people and hearing their music stories only made the show more special. Keep up the good work. I hope to be in a position to be a patron later on in life. In the meantime, I will continue to keep catching up. It's literally the bright part of my work day. He says, well, besides clocking out, which I totally get, dude. Oh, yeah, for There's sure. nothing better than the feeling of a day's work done. Mm-hmm. Right? Feels good. That 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 you you, know, you had purpose during the day. You worked hard. You, it's, it's honestly my, fa- it's my favorite part of show days. Like, I love... Dude, I, you know me. You see me yeah. on stage. I love being on a stage playing a guitar solo. Uh, nothing better. Or or singing some chords while you play a guitar solo. Right. But I will. I do have to say my favorite part is when we landed the plane and 
we did a good job. It's a good feeling. And then it's, you know, cocktail hour or something. We chill out back behind the venue while Lucero's playing. We can hear them in the in the distance. From a distance. From a distance. There's also a little side note. I saw Rodney Atkins back in 2013 at the Cat Country Snowball. Whoa. Random thought. Figured I'd throw it in. Sorry for any Tangent Cities in this email. Well, dude, we're... Dude, we're the kings of Tangent uh, City. We're homie. downtown right now. Uh, he says, say hi to Dave, Torben, Vegan, Ethan, Paul, Paw, Paw, Becky, the bitch, and the Defiant Kid for me. Wow. I miss Minnie. The Defiant Kid. We never named him. Dad. I, I've, I was calling him this Minnie Kid. Okay. I'm this Minnie. And he holds up four. <laughs> I'm this Minnie. Uh, he says, P.S. My wife's cousin's husband told me he likes Megadeth better than Metallica. Wah, wah. Okay, whatever. That's cool. I asked Thank if there you. was a reason. The answer was because of James's voice. My mind... Was Brown. Wow. He prefers Dave Mustaine's scratchy ass voice. <laughs> he says, All love over here, over James Hetfield's voice. I told my wife, No wonder your uncle hates this guy. Peace out, boys. Tom wow. from Little Roadie. Well, listen, Tom, if you're only, I'm not sure if you're, you're dipping into new episodes, but if you're only episode 75, Jay Weinberg's episode from Slipknot. It's, I think, 93, 94, something like that. It was right before our 100th episode. So, Well, we're creating a paradox because he will not hear this message you were sending to him. Until the future. See what I mean? In the future. <laughs> Dude, don't you dare, man. Save that. Save that for, for later, man. Done. There's a whole segment with that voice coming your way soon. Um, well, uh, Tominic B., I loved hearing from you, dude, and I appreciate all the kind words. Thank you, Tom. Very cool that you got to see Slipknot and uh, and uh, and the end. That's the end of that sentence. <laughs> and, and, dude, and, good day, sir. And good day, sir. <laughs> you ate the everlasting gobstopper. You didn't read the small print, and you must leave now. No prize for you. You forfeited your prize. Uh, and good day. <laughs> uh, good evening front desk uh, yeah there are two british men <laughs> in the room next to me arguing about about candy yeah hi i just need to it's a mild complaint but gene wilder who i'm pretty sure died is in the room next to me yeah it's weird and he's reciting his lines from willy wonka and the chocolate factory yeah, from also the do you guys have gobstoppers downstairs because <laughs> i'm hungry uh, yes we actually it's the holiday end so yes well we don't everlasting but they'll last for at least an hour okay good well if you put them in your butt they'll last forever of course yeah all anyway, right thank little you life, again. Little life uh, hack thank you dude <laughs> thank you tom next email is from van he says hey guys i appreciate your feedback on something clintus said that he thinks metallica are the beatles of metal um and his reasoning is solid but i have a different take metallica are the u2 of hard rock slash heavy music the career arcs have a lot of similarities. They both start around the beginning of the 80s. They both have endured criticisms uh, that were related to, one, musicianship, two, public personas, and three, technology. Both have had multiple musical and commercial peaks in the 80s and 90s. Both continue to put uh, a lot of work into making new music and touring the world. Finally, both bands have a lot of haters. That's true. Uh, but also have undeniable songs that have connected with millions of people over the multiple decades. Mm -hmm. uh, is Metallica a better band? Yes. Will some listeners be insulted by this comparison? Hopefully not many. Discussed amongst yourselves. On I burn, Van. Well, <clears throat> I appreciate all of those uh, correlations. Definitely agree with all of them. Yes. But kind of misses the point. When I say that Metallica are the Beatles of metal, I'm talking about a, the a macro. I'm talking about a macro look at it. I'm yeah. not saying, well, like, well, here are all the little intricacies of similarities. Right. What I'm saying is, impact and influence and there's no one better they're the best at there's what they do no, in that genre like when you think about the beat i think you you will always find some guy out there believe me don't write in about it because i don't give a shit please first don't of all. please don't but there's always some guy out there that doesn't like the beatles no problem we know someone in our orbit that might that, be on this tour that doesn't like the beatles but but <clears throat> it's clear when you talk to them about it they don't really know much about the beatles so yes. hard to take that seriously it's just, it's a hot it's a hot take as they say exactly yeah 
But <clears throat> aside from these people that I know exist, believe me, I know they exist. Mm-hmm. But most of the people in the world know the Beatles are the greatest ever. Period. Yeah, the end. Period. Done. And I honestly, it, so we can talk all about like, well, the Beatles only lasted ten years, and you know there were multiple songwriters in the beat. Like, there's all sorts of differences. Sure. But I'm talking about macro final impact. Mm-hmm. Wh- who's going to claim who? Okay, because let's, let's say Metallica is more like U2. Okay. But there is a Beatles of metal. Who would that be? If it wasn't Metallica? Yeah. I, I don't know. I really don't know. Well, that's correct. There's no there's no other answer. Right, that's the answer. Well, here are the here are the here here are the contenders. Let's just go down them one by one. Black Sabbath. All right, no. I mean, great. Yeah. Basically Dude, invented it. You know we get down with the Sabs? No, they basically invented it, but But I'm just saying these are the only bands that, even in the combo. Yeah. Sabbath, and that's a no. On the, are they the Beatles of metal? Mhm. Maiden? No. No, I'm, and you know I love Maiden. Yeah. We both do. Fucking Everyone does. Yeah, who doesn't like I don't Maiden? know anyone who doesn't like Iron Maiden. My wife told me she likes Iron Maiden. Well, that's insane. She hates metal. And I, every once in a while at the local bar we go to, I'll, I got I'll control the jukebox. I put on some Maiden because I know our bartender friend loves Maiden. We're down to just a couple more bands. Yeah. Pantera? The answer is no. No. Last submission, I would submit to you, ACDC. No. Yeah, it's no. Yeah, so it's Metallica. That's but I will answer. say, <clears throat> I don't know if I've talked about this much on the podcast, but I'm a huge, huge U2 fan. Yes, I love U2. And uh, I, thank you. You know that. <laughs> we well, said on. I love U2. <laughs> dude, don't do it, dude. <laughs> You hate that voice. Um, you know, what's interesting to me to think about is, do I like U2 more than Metallica? I don't know. I, I, I don't, but I don't I've know. I've never heard you talk about U2. I, I love U2. No, we've discussed some of the 90s stuff. What's your favorite U2 stuff? Uh, my favorite, so I think the three masterpieces they've put out, in my opinion, yeah, of course, the Joshua Tree, mm-hmm. Octoon Baby, mm-hmm. and All I Can't Leave Behind. I agree with that. Those are the three masterpieces. I am. I never got down with Zeropa and Pop. Ooh. I think there are some solid songs on there, but overall, I don't I, like that opinion that you I know, share. With I know. Me. I know you don't. Pop's my favorite album, and I appreciate that. And I and listen, I've, I and I've tried to I, much like load and reload. I've I've tried to dip back in and see if it impacts me, and it has not. I will tell you, unlike Metallica, you know, if we're gonna if we're gonna start comparing all that stuff, they have not made a record that I've given a shit about for a long time. Yeah, I think that. So all you can leave behind to me was their last like great album. I that think I think the one perfect. after it is a sister album. How does Metal Atomic Bomb? That's exactly it. Yeah, and then what was the next one? The next one was great called Line or. Uh, the next one was called No Line no on the Line. Horizon. That's right. And then they well, did Songs of Innocence. And that was the one they put on our phones. And that no Line on the Horizon. People, oh, yeah. The Songs of Innocence was the one they put on our phones. That's when it rubbed people real, in a real bad way. Well, people just got sick of them. People get sick of all that shit. That's one thing I don't understand. So, like, I'm with you. I, I haven't really kept up with the last few U2 records. Much like Coldplay, they're in that camp now where they're, just, they're easy to hate on for some reason. I they're don't, easy to hate, yeah. I don't hate them. We listened to their new album today, and I, I, it was a head scratcher. It was okay. I, I, I didn't. Some get, of it was real weird. It didn't get. It wasn't exciting for me. There was one song uh, when I was sitting there listening uh, in the back seat. Uh, there was a female vocal came in. Mm-hmm. I don't that know was who, Selena Gomez, I who, who I love. I thought that sounded awesome. I love Selena Gomez. But I mean, give me X and Y. That record, fucking oh, dude. Their rules. first three. I say their first four are just yeah, fucking amazing. Exactly, and I love X and Y. And listen, they're, they're artists. It's it's their own art. They can do whatever they want on their records. Fine. 
I don't have to like it, but I'm not going to sit there and be like, Ugh. I'm not a Coldplay true or U2 true or whatever. Like I was barely alive when the first few U2 records came out. Listen, Coldplay kicks ass, period. Yeah, fuck you. Dude, I watched the uh, the Global Citizens performance of, mm-hmm. the, of them doing Fix You with Billie Eilish and her brother Phineas. And like, I was trying not to cry. I mean, it's yeah. that song is just undeniable. Fix You is, is one of the greatest songs of the aughts, for sure. <laughs> I mean, period. period. The end. Another thing that I do think is similar to the Beatles and Metallica is I do think Lars is, and I've said this on the show, he's the Ringo yep. of metal. Agreed. Um, because you can point to his limitations all day, mm-hmm. and I will be in the corner sleeping because it's boring. Um, but he is the sound of that band. Yep. Dude, it's hard to be a... It's hard to be in a band with someone like James Hetfield. Imagine being in a band with fucking John Lennon and Paul McCartney, dude. Yeah. When they're laying, every song they lay at your feet is like going to be one of the best songs of all time. Exactly. Yeah. There's a great video that came out. I can't remember what it was for. If it was a Ludwig thing, they released like a Ringo Starr kit or something. But it was like maybe a couple minute long video. And it's all these very well known, somewhat legendary, if not legendary drummers sitting on like this oyster shell Ludwig kit. Set mm-hmm. up like Ringo, classic so is the Beatles, right? Classic. It's like Stuart Copeland is in the video. Um, awesome. All these great drummers, right? And they and they and they, everyone that sits down, they like talk about Ringo for a minute, and then they play a Ringo beat, and you're like, yeah, I know that beat. Oh, yeah, it's fucking great. They, like uh, I think it was uh, Taylor Hawkins, sat, maybe him, sat down, and went, dude, the come together, come together riff is, I mean, iconic. It's undeniable, and the same thing goes for Lars. You know, like. Dude, give me a little bit of that machine gun one shit. <laughs> I went to Lou Bega, sorry. <laughs> All right. It was an interesting comparison though. And anytime we can talk about you too, I'm happy. All and right. Van, we, we we love you and we love you too. You know this, honey, please. We love you, Van. On I burn Van. All right. Jamila writes in. Now on our show notes, this is the last email, but we are gonna dip into we got a, a couple the last couple of days since I've made the notes. Right. But since we're doing a whole email portal episode, we're going to read those two. But <clears throat> I wanted to read this from Jamila. What up, Jamila? She says, hey, hope you all continue to travel safe. I used to live in Portland for 13 years, so whenever you mention going there, I laugh a bit. I think you also were just in New York City and the Philly area, too. She says, I'm in Jersey for real, but it's a bit hard for me to get around these days. So if you get to be at the Friday show at the 40th, hopefully I'll get to meet you at some point, which we're still planning on trying to do. Right. Firstly, thanks for the response about parenting. So I did a, I don't know if you heard it, I I doubt you did, and I don't care if you didn't. I did a radio <laughs> episode before we left for tour. I have not heard it yet. And uh, someone asked me some parenting stuff, so okay. I talked about parenting. She says, thanks for the response about parenting. I'm not a parent, but I feel that children who are here, their humanity tends to not be respected. I grew up in a traumatic environment, so it does my heart good to see parents who understand that kids are not only sponges, but beings with their own minds, and they retain what happens to them in the early stages of life. I saw some footage of you with Morgan Wade, and I was like, it's Clinton even. It's us. The stuff I heard was good. I love that she's covered in tattoos. As a woman who's also covered from neck to toe and lost some of them due to the accident, boo. Jamila is the, she wrote in who she lost a limb in in an accident. Of course, yeah. I remember her. She says, it was just nice to see. It also looks like she's maintaining the outlaw country tradition too. I do like country music. She says, you know the classics, Jimmy Rogers, Hank Sr., Dolly Parton, Johnny Cash, and other influences such as Sunhouse and Lead Belly. But I don't know enough about it to call myself a fan, but I'm sure fans of OG Country love that kind of stuff, for sure. Mm-hmm. She definitely appeals to, a, a, in my b- b- opinion, a, a cooler side of it. For sure. Well, I mean, uh, we're on tour with Lucero, who are a, a country rock band yeah, from an outlaw Memphis. rock band, yeah. They attract a lot of people, you know, co- like myself, covered in tattoos that are into country and punk rock, for yeah. instance. And I think Morgan's already attracting those people. Yeah. 
And Jamila says, I'm going to be honest. I've only heard of the Supertones, but I never heard of their music <laughs> until today. She says, don't hate me. I don't hate you. Back in the 90s, I used to hang out with Sharps, yep. Skinheads Against Racial Prejudice, yep. and listen to groups like Agent 99 and Choking Victim, and even had the first Boston's album on marble vinyl. Nice. In terms of the West Coast, the only band I listened to that did anything related to ska was Operation Ivy. Great. I was not familiar with bands like Sublime or No Doubt until the late 90s and early 2000s. Other than that, I listened mostly two-tone stuff or stuff on Trojan or other Jamaican labels. OGs like the Scottalites, Desmond Decker, the Paragons, Prince Buster, the Dragonairs, etc. So I always learn something new from your podcast. I don't know any of the bands mentioned well, in that litany. Jam- well, Jamila, first of all, I'm married, but will you marry me? Um <laughs> <laughs> you guys no, can go to Utah and make it work, dude. Well, oh, we could. Well, listen, um, I will tell you this, Clint. You would love the stuff that's on like Trojan Records and stuff like that. That's the OG 60s, early 70s shit, Scott Reggae stuff. Desmond Decker. I mean, Desmond Decker. The Scottalites are, are considered the band that coined the term ska before reggae was even a thing, before Bob Marley kind of took that torch and popularized it around the globe. Um well, you know what to do. Just make me a mix, baby. Oh, I, don't you worry, man. I, I can't make you. I'll make and you know me. I'll make you a literal mixtape. I can do it when I get home for sure. But Operation Ivy is is uh, Tim Armstrong and Matt Freeman from Rancid. That was their band before Rancid. They were kind Ruby of Ruby Soho. Exactly. So they that was like their late '80s ska punk kind of band. Then they started Rancid, and uh, the rest, as they say, is in the portal Ooh, in the annals of time. Time. Well, thank you, Jamila. I appreciate it. Jamila also sent me some recordings of her punk rock band when she was 17 what were they called uh i don't know if that was in there but it's it's like very cool it's like jamila and the amazing taste in musics well there you go there it is i I named your new you just named it from the future into the past all right (laughs) so we have a few emails that i want to touch on okay as we wrap up here i know it's a shorter episode but there's been some gold in here uh yeah cha-ching guys sean morley writes and this is very short and the subject is dmb oh my he says okay dot 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 let's give this a go dot 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 he says two to three tracks into my dave odyssey wow it's like being transported into space dude seriously blowing my poor little mind keep on keeping on guys sean morley temporarily of israel new jersey so so we have someone who has been checking out the dave train so for the first time ever he's listening to dave matthews like maybe he's heard crash let's say that right it's one well, of the I don't songs, know. Right? I don't know. He's he's saying that he's uh, saying it's blowing his mind. Yeah, because it's good shit. Well, I mean, listen, you, you know that uh, that I'm a Dave Matthews fan, not anywhere like you or Dan Cantor, for instance, mm-hmm. um, or a drummer out with us, Parker. Mm-hmm. But little baby, little baby. <laughs> but man, Dude, I'm just crunching ice. I just realized I was crunching ice. Who gives a fuck, man? Tangent City. We're in Pittsburgh, man. <laughs> We're in Pittsburgh. Dude, dude. It's a fucking ice, ice, ice crunching dude. capital of the world. People call it Steel City or whatever, but it's not. No. It's Ice City. They're wrong. Ice Crunching City. Anyways, you know, like we talked about on the last week's episode, you know, after the Dave Matthews show we saw at Pilgrimage, like that whole next day, I was I listened to like four Dave Matthews records. Loved it. And I get it. You know, it's really, it, it, it's not music that is for everyone. It's like, not. I, I understand. But I do think that it's deeper than most people realize. It is, yeah. Because people haven't, dude... This is what I'm realizing, especially in this like time. Like I feel like we're in such an interesting, fragmented time, ideologically, mm-hmm. politically. You know, uh, with the politicization of the virus and like the vaccines and like sure. all this stuff. And it's like, here's what, how people really move through the world: is they don't really know anything about shit, mm-hmm. but they have an idea of it. 
they have a narrative of something. Right. And that's really the guiding post. It really isn't like, I don't think people read anymore. I don't think people slow down and like try to understand anymore. I think, I think the currency of our moment is outrage. Yeah. And, and a f- victims and stating in a, in a, a nebulous opinion. Yeah. It's really more about an idea of something. So people have an idea, like people have an idea of Dave Matthews. Mm-hmm. Bunch of white guys singing goofy music. He's wearing pajama pants. Not all white guys. Well, but singing. Well, Carter sings. Well, no, but like when they were first on the scene, dude, a big press narrative about them was like, this is like the whitest music ever. And it was like, at that time, three out of the five members were black dudes. Yeah. So, (laughs) you know, case closed. Right. Um, But that's, that is an idea. That's, see, that's what I'm saying. Mm hmm. So people have this idea that it's this this goo- and he's a he is kind of a goofy dude. He's very I get goofy, it. but there's deep shit in there. There's gold in them hills, as they say. Oh yeah. A little shout out to Ron Sexsmith. If anyone out there listens to Ron Sexsmith, all right, we got two more. Uh, wait, two more. Okay. If you will indulge me, I shall. Yes. So Jonathan Scheisler, who came to our uh, show at Cat's Cradle, Asheville, yeah, or sorry, Asheville, uh, Chapel Hill, uh, Chapel Hill Carbo, yes. He says greetings and salutations, Lords of Rock. This is I I have read this email already and this is this is borderline poetry. It's a little long, but I did want to read it because it he took the time to write it and it's really nice. It's very beautiful. Because we got to we got to spend some time with him after the gig. Yep. He says my <laughs> I do feel like I need to read this a little bit in medieval guy. Do I it, think he wrote it. it. He says my words flow with utmost confidence after seeing the two of you rock the cradle in Chapel Hill with Morgan Wade. I wanted to mention some fun moments for me at the show. This is great. He says I was there at doors, open to get my spot in the front. The rails in front of the stage were new, so happily I can say I rode the rail. As you did, yes. Which Namarda and Harry rode the rail, too. They did. He says, uh, I parked myself in front of Ethan's rig, and then the fun conversations with the others around me started. After we agreed on pee breaks and saving spots, the first question I got was, are you here for Morgan or Lucero? Ooh. I responded, I'm here for Ethan and Clint. Love it. <laughs> Love it. One of the rail gang who was a friend and a huge fan of Morgan's chimed in. Wait, are they the guitar players? Intrigued, I said, hell yeah. Do they have the same last name or something? Amazing. He said, haha, no. I went on to wax lyrical over you 2 the podcast, etc. This particular group of Morgan fans was following them through the opening tour stops and several chimed in on how great the new band is and the new energy all of you bring to the shows. Hell yeah. The biggest hit was, without question, the steel guitar. I mean... Which my man Ethan Wells is on over there. That's me, man. Mr. Wells. Which I just want to give myself credit as the band leader for suggesting that you bring that and make it part of the thing. Yeah, I mean, it was was, was definitely crossed my mind before I played my first show, but... No, it didn't. I invented the idea. I came up with the idea. You invented it? In fact, I invented the steel guitar. Wow. And I invented all of recording technology that we used to record it and listen to it. Sorry, Les Paul. Jeez. Yeah, exactly. Uh, once the set started, man, it was awesome. Morgan's voice is fantastic, and the songs, well, it usually boils down to the songs. It was great seeing both of you in your element. Clint, your lead on the opening song, Reckless, got me fired up for the rest of the show. Ethan, being six feet from you, I was both nervous and mesmerized by your instrument changes, Ebo, and that lone plug that was the gateway to all your sonic ear candy. There's one plug, yeah. The crowd was so into the show. I love the feeling of getting caught up in the energy even though I only had a few listens through Morgan's music, it didn't matter. When the feel and the vibe are right, the music and the performance pull you in. Amen, man. Seeing you guys rock together for Suspicious Minds was another high point, especially Ethan navigating the compressed stage to get over to you. That's right, man. 
The most incredible part of the set for me, however, was the song Met You. Not even halfway through the song, for the first time since in the past two years, amongst all the struggles we've all been battling, that I wasn't worried about my wife, kids, family, job, and everything. I was wholly absorbed in the lyric, the moment. Cleaning my eyes, I felt a new, or clearing my eyes, I felt a new. So thank you for that experience. That's cool. That's man. a powerful moment in the show. Very powerful moment. Powerful song on the record. Uh, we do it a little different live. We add some extra sauce to it. So um, if you're coming to a show, bring some tissues. He says, lastly, it was great getting to meet you in person after the show. It's no secret we're to run into the band at Cat's Cradle, which is the venue we played. So I had to see if you guys were around. I know we've interacted a few times virtually, but Clint, ever the professional, when I came up to you, you gazed, processed, and in three seconds you said, Jonathan? <laughs> Color me impressed. The conversation with both of you, even Johnny and Parker, was fantastic. Talking about the things we love, music in our families, and the journey ahead up until the Sprinter van pulled away. Oh. Much like the C-Mail having nothing to do about Metallica, going to see you guys play was not about the podcast. It was about supporting people you respect and admire. Proud to know both of you, and I'm excited for your journey ahead, wherever you may roam. Peace, love, and pancakes go. Your professor of metal, Jonathan, from the peak of good living, Apex, North Carolina, New Jersey. I was honestly fighting tears a little bit reading that. I just might, now. I might need to clean my eyes, too. John, well, that was that was awesome. Man. I, I I I told Clint actually this morning when we left the hotel in the in the previous city we we're in. I was like, man, do you read that email from Jonathan? That was, that was pretty pitching. <laughs> I was playing catch up this morning on some some of our emails, just reading through them, and I was like, man, that was, what a cool thing. And of course, you know, it feels good to be gushed over. <laughs> but no, it was cool that he people like him are coming to the shows and having a great experience, you know, and enjoying the music, and maybe uh, maybe we're one of the first shows they've seen since you know everything got shut down. Yeah, and you know, we have one more to read, but we'll just save that for next week. We'll sure. end on this note because it's a nice note to end on. But yeah, man, I mean, it just makes me proud as a podcast host and uh, grateful that the show is just bigger than the band, mm -hmm. Metallica. Yes. And like an email like that, someone who is, I'm just glad that these people who listen to us and who become our friends are like intelligent, thoughtful eclectic people yeah um because i remember that combo we had outside of cat's yeah. cradle it was like it was awesome it was real fun and it's like all the i, I feel like we have that a lot when we meet people out of the shows i had mm -hmm. a great conversation with Chris, christian post yeah in boston after our gig and hanging out with dave him, hanging out with dave is always a blast dave was great and then uh when we hung out with marta and hari uh you and your wife took off after we hung for a while and then namarda and hari ended up hanging out with me until our tour manager scott was like hey time to go Kick these yeah. bums out of here. Yeah, who are these people? <laughs> well, me uh, and Harvey just talked about basketball. Man, and films. He, he might be my new favorite person in the world. He's a good dude. If I'm not your favorite person in the world 24-7-365. Whose name is Hari. Okay. Sorry. Well, I, I, I accept that. Forgot to put that very, in there. And I know, very I know specific a lot of, I know and a lot of caveat. <laughs> um, this was fun. It was a good time. This is a, a good start to our evening in Pittsburgh. We've got most of the day to chill tomorrow before we play a show. I'm excited to get on the stage again. I love getting on the deck with you, man. I love playing this music. It's a treat. I was I was uh, texting a friend this morning about it. He was asking how the tour is going, and I said, "Man, it's a lot of you know, a lot of long drives, a lot of van time, which can just drain you. It's like sitting on an airplane, honestly. Yeah, it can just drain you for no reason. But getting on the deck every night just kind of wipes all that away. Yeah, and I'm very grateful for it. Yeah, I mean, we do so much work just for that hour. Yeah. You know, that hour is what we live for. It's what we spend our lives um, mm -hmm. preparing for. 
And there's just so much that happens on both sides of that hour. That, it's crazy, yeah. That, you know, the stuff that most people don't see, you know. Yeah, and man, having our wives out was just what it a, meant a lot to me. What a recharge, man, for sure. Goodness gracious. Um, <clears throat> well, listen, we're going to do more episodes about Metallica. We will, yeah, yeah. We we we, we don't want to skip a week. We actually considered it. And then within about five seconds, like, no, we got to do something. So yeah. here we are. We're, we've come too far to skip a week. Yeah, we're not, that. we're not going out like that, man. We ain't going out like that. You think that, you know, in A Karate Kid Part 1, when, when Johnny swept the leg mm-hmm. and, you know, Daniel had to go back back in the, in, the, in the locker room and Miyagi had to do his thing on his leg. You think he was, you know, for a moment he was Dude, like... who needs medicine when you can just like rub on a leg and like blow air into your hand and I mean, shit. it's, listen, it's the Miyagi way. Um, but, you know, for a moment he was like, it's okay, I lost, it's fine. Then all of a sudden, Daniel Lewis, Daniel Lewis is going to fight? Daniel Lewis is going to fight! You're right. And then, here we are. We're fighting right now. With, it's basically exactly like that. We're kind of in lounge position though, so... I'm lounge as fuck right now. My feet are not up, but I am fully reclined in this chair. Well, listen, we got the more Metallica shit coming. I will, I will say this. Um, I didn't really know what this would be like with me and you out here, and like with we're, you know, we're we're lean and mean in the sprinter vibe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I didn't know how hard it would be to do this podcast at the level that I want it done. Sure. So. I'm just preparing everybody because we're doing another three weeks on the West Coast in November. Mm-hmm. So we're going to try to figure it out, but it right. might be more of these emo corner or tangent cities, which I think is you know we yeah I'm with you. I want I want this it's, you know to be a, a quality podcast. You know, yeah, but, uh, and it is. Sometimes it's just it's fun to sit in lounge position, just have a conversation and, and talk it out. Sometimes it's fun to just discard all of my clothing and just cover myself in almond butter. And we forgot to mention that at the beginning of the episode that yeah we were both nude and covered in almond butter. We need an almond butter uh, endorsement. Pronto. We really do. Don't Anybody? Anyone? Hello, Bueller? almond. Bueller, Paul. Well, let's let everyone go. Good God. Um, you know what to do. You know what your homework is. Your homework is to just keep being badass motherfuckers. Yeah, and have fun always. That is literally all you have to do. In fact, if you're thinking of leaving a positive review or if you're thinking of joining Patreon. Don't do it because what that's going to do this week is just it's going to eat into the time that you need to be a badass motherfucker. So I'm freeing you from any obligations beyond being exactly who God made you, a beautiful motherfucker from hell. (laughs) (laughs) From hell. Peace. Adios. Right, so what would you say? Then I would say, delete that. <laughs> <laughs>